Amen. What do you fear? What are some things that make you afraid? For the first uh, little while of kindergarten, I feared embarrassment because I did not know how to tie my shoes. I was able to get my high school diploma shortly after learning that trick. <laughs> In middle school, I was afraid of two older boys who threatened me. But as we get older, our fears change, especially when it comes to death. And sometimes we get stuck in our fear. Fear overwhelms us. In 2021, a survey found that most American adults suffer from tremendous fear. The study found that 85% of this population lives with a sense of, and I quote, impending doom. Over what? Well, the top 10 fears included pollution, war, economic collapse, corrupt officials, and death, particularly the death of loved ones. Over the next few weeks, we're going to address some of the things all of us struggle with from time to time. Guilt, worry, anger, revenge, jealousy. But today is fear. The series is called Unstuck. Uh, and each week we're going to deal with one of these things because it shows us how Jesus sets us free from these kinds of things we get stuck in. Why did I start this series today? Well, because Easter is the great antidote to fear. The resurrection of Jesus is the power that sets us free. I read about a Bengal tiger circus act that was being filmed in front of a large audience. And uh, the trainer went into the cage with the tigers, and, and the spotlights hit the stage, and the cameras moved in, and the trainer began to put the tigers through their paces using a whip and a kitchen chair. And suddenly all the lights went out. And the audience gasped. And locked in complete darkness, the trainer could not see the tigers. But of course, they could see him just fine. When the lights came on, he calmly finished the act, and later he admitted that he had been afraid but he said, I just kept cracking the whip until the lights came on. <laughs> well, that's a little bit what life is like. Life can be like facing tigers in the dark. You know something is out there, but you can't see it. And of all the things that we fear, underneath them all is death. We try to stay healthy and work out and watch what we eat and avoid driving on I-35. And we, uh, <laughs> we try to hold death at bay. But eventually, it catches up to someone you love. And you see death up close, your loved one in a casket. And you realize that all the effort you put into living doesn't change the finality of death. And we work so hard to save our lives, but we can't. Death is the tiger lurking in the dark. But there's great hope. One that overcomes the terror of death. And this morning we celebrate that the resurrected Jesus is the ultimate answer for that fear. Uh, look at what Hebrews chapter 2 says about Jesus. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So fear of death is the bottom line. That's why we celebrate what Jesus has done. And anytime you're part of a church service that doesn't point to Jesus, it's a failure. 
That's the whole message. Jesus, the Son of God, came down from glory as one of us. To, he became like us so that we could become like him. He took on flesh and blood. He became human. That's what Christmas is about. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, the incarnation. And Jesus became human for a reason. Notice that this verse has a purpose clause. So that, it says. So that. Jesus shared our humanity so that what? He could destroy the devil. That's what Easter is about. Jesus died, was buried, and rose again so that every single person who believes, who puts their trust in him, is freed from the fear of death. And when that fear is gone, it enables you to live in a whole new way. You're a new creation, living the abundant life that Jesus brought us right now with the promise of eternal life to come. Take a look at this uh, cover of Time magazine from 10 years ago. Can Google solve death? The article said, last week Apple announced a new iPhone. What'd you do this week, Google? Oh, we founded a company that might one night defeat, defeat death itself. Well, uh, recently Google's laid off thousands of employees by email, so that might not be working out very well, but we are here <laughs> today to celebrate that death's power has been broken already. And those who accept this gift of God are no longer chained to this ultimate fear of death. So what does that mean? Well, it means that Jesus took death's sting for me. Adrian Dillman is allergic to uh, bee stings, as am I, but his is far more serious. He and his dad uh, were enjoying a beautiful spring day, flowers blooming, sun shining, and suddenly a bee headed straight toward Adrian, and he was petrified. His father grabbed the bee with his bare hand right out of the air, and then after a moment, he released it. And the beer freed, flew toward Adrian again, but his dad said, don't worry. And he opened his hand and showed the stinger of that bee was in the, the palm of his hand. And he said, you don't need to be afraid. I took the sting from the bee, and all he can do now is buzz. And that's what Jesus has done. Death stung Jesus. And so the devil's weapon of death is just a buzz for those who belong to Christ. Satan had power in the realm of death. Death was a weapon in his hand. And so every time someone died, Satan could claim them as his. Death was doom, the grave, a tomb. And the Bible says the wages of sin, what we deserve for our sin, is death. So my lies, my jealousy, my hate, my lust, my anger, my disobedience separate me from a holy God, the perfect God. And I earn and deserve a death sentence for my failures, my moral weaknesses and wrongdoing. And the Bible says all of us have sinned. So all of us deserve eternal separation from God. But Jesus came to set us free. He defanged the devil. How? By wiping out my sin when I believed. Satan can't accuse me anymore. Yes, I'm a sinner, but Jesus paid it all. By his sacrifice, Jesus destroyed the devil's greatest weapon. And that word, if we look at this verse again, uh, the word destroy here uh, means to... Uh, disarm to render inoperative satan can't make a case for eternal death and its penalty because god's declared me not guilty through jesus death stung jesus and three days later he rose again and it is in this way he set us free and that word free means released delivered liberated Jesus releases us to live without fear. And because of Jesus, the chains fall off. The weapon is broken. Sin is paid for. And that removes the fear. And the Greek word here is phobos, where we get our word phobia. It removes the phobia, the dread of death. 
And so when your trust is in Christ, the courtroom of heaven has acquitted you from a death sentence. And that verdict can't be overturned, not even by the devil himself. And if you believe, then that changes everything. Well, why does it change everything, John? Well, because if you don't need to fear death, the last and greatest enemy, then you don't need to fear anything. Through Jesus, you're liberated to live with joy no matter what. Death has no power over those who put their hope in Christ. As 1 Corinthians 15 says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we invite you today not simply to celebrate Easter, but to put your faith in the living Jesus. Today you can know the freedom only he can give. When your trust is in the crucified Christ who conquered death, then you're able to face anything because you belong to the one who defeated the powers of sin and death and hell. Now some of you might say, well, wait a minute, John. My faith is in Jesus, his death and resurrection, but fear is still very much part of my life. I'm afraid of losing my spouse. I'm afraid my money will run out before I do. I'm afraid of getting sick. I'm afraid of violence. I'm afraid I won't find somebody to love me for who I am. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to my children, to my grandchildren. I'm afraid of growing old. I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of what's going on in this crazy world. And so, John, if I'm a Christian, why am I still afraid? Well, here's a couple of reasons you might be afraid. First of all, Fear comes when you focus on the wrong things. Colossians 3 says, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, not on earthly things. And what is that about? I heard a story about a mail carrier who was on his first day on the job. And he came to a place he had to deliver mail, and there was a stock, stock, stockade fence in front, and he opened the gate. And he was confronted immediately by a snarling pit bull. And this carrier was about to slam the gate shut and run away when he realized that the dog was attached to a heavy chain and, and that chain was anchored to a metal stake. And no matter how much the dog snapped, snarled, and salivated, it couldn't reach him. And so the carrier completed his appointed round, but he kept his eyes on the stake the whole time. I tell you today, the risen Jesus is our stake. When I get distracted by the snarling dog, I've forgotten that I'm secure in Christ. His death and resurrection must be the centerpiece, holding everything together. So when I'm worried, when I'm anxious, when I'm fearful about people, about circumstances, and I keep looking at them, the people, the circumstances, I'm no longer focused on the risen Jesus, then something else has become a greater priority. Whenever you're overcome with anxious thoughts, filled with fear, Realize that something or someone has become more significant to you than God himself. And so when I fear disappointing people or failing, when I fear not having enough, then I've allowed people or approval or money to overshadow God. So you must turn your focus to the empty tomb where God's love conquered sin and death. And when you do that, that puts all concerns and every concern into perspective. You must preach the gospel to yourself every single day. And unless you do, you'll never be free. You'll never feel free. And you don't graduate from needing this good news. 
The, the truth of Easter must never get old. So in the middle of sixth grade, my family moved to a new state. And so I started a new school in the middle of the year and immediately had some older kids decide to make my life miserable. Well, I wasn't too fond of school to begin with, to tell you the truth. And now I dreaded it every single day. I feared it. You know what it drove me to do? No, not take self-defense classes. What it drove me to do was to begin reading my Bible and talking to God every single day as a sixth grader. That first year, I read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And among the things that stood out to me were these words of Jesus. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. They can only kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God. Today, we celebrate that stake in the ground that Jesus has defeated the snarling monster of death. When you fear, make certain you're focused on the right thing, that amazing truth. That's one reason you might still experience fear as a believer. Here's a second reason you might experience fear as a believer. Fear comes when you feed on the wrong things. Not just focus, but you feed on the wrong things. Galatians 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce evil results. Now, during the week between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, I often fast for at least several days, if not the entire week. And after a long fast, you, you really need to be careful how you break that fast. You need to be sensible about what you eat and how much you eat. And that's why it was so very wrong when uh, a couple, three years ago, after not eating anything for five days, I sat down, had a meal, and then polished off a bag of jelly beans. <laughs> Not very smart. What does my sinful nature desire? Well, overindulgence, anger, greed, jealousy, lust, selfish ambition, pride, all kinds of things that the Bible lists, many cravings that can consume us. And when I'm nurturing any one of those appetites, those passions, then I'm going to get stuck. I'm going to get stuck. Jesus says, the one who feeds on me will live. Instead of feeding on all those other things, the desires of my sinful nature. You probably remember the horrible story of the Turpin family. David and Louise Turpin imprisoned their 13 children for years. Ages 2 to 29, these children were chained and malnourished till one of them escaped through a window, was found, and police officers eventually stormed the putrid house and rescued the children. No longer chained, the kids had a very long way to go. They were socially stunted. They were physically damaged from beatings and starvation. The 29-year-old weighed less than 90 pounds. The children hadn't been to a doctor or a dentist. And once rescued, they were provided with good food and medicine and began to learn what it was like to live without chains. Investigators warned that the adjustment would take a very long time, and it has. Because distrust and fear don't disappear overnight as they learn to, to leave the old life behind and live in the new. Let me tell you that if you are in Christ, you face that same challenge. You have been set free. 
but you can choose to live like you're still chained. And rather than focusing on the gospel, you gravitate towards satisfying yourself. And as a result, you don't experience the liberty that Christ has won for you. You see, feeding your sin nature brings fear. Feeding on the gospel brings freedom. The gospel, the good news of Jesus. So when is it that you feed on the wrong things? Well, some examples. When you're absorbed with hateful thoughts or wrapped up in fantasy or struggling to get attention, or engrossed in entertainment, or chasing after success, or fixated on social media, or obsessed with political arguments, or addicted to sports, or celebrity news, or shopping, or collecting, or you're consumed by laziness, or alcohol, or greed, or anxiety, or gossip, then you're feeding the old life. Focus on the living Jesus. The gospel sets you free. Be absorbed with that. Be consumed with Jesus who said, the one who feeds on me will live. And as you center on Christ, you'll experience less and less fear and become more and more like Jesus. See, the more you focus on the risen Jesus, the less you'll be a slave to fear. Actor Jack Nicholson said this. I think he was quoting someone else, but says that he he said this. Quote, we fear the unknown. Nobody knows what's on the other side. That's why we fear death, unquote. But today, we celebrate the antidote to that dread, the dread of the unknown. Jesus went through death and defeated it. In Christ, there's no need to fear. And I long today for every person here to give their life to Christ. Only he can set you free. Don't let this day pass without dealing with him. Will you abandon your own efforts to save yourself through morality or religion or good works or whatever it might be and put your trust in Jesus alone? Only through faith in the living Savior can you escape the terror of sin's death penalty and be accepted as a child of God. And for those of you who believe and you still struggle with fear, my heart goes out to you because you are stuck in something you don't have to be stuck from, something that keeps you from from joy and growth and victory, and you need to focus on the risen Christ. 40-year-old David Page held a cylinder in his arms waiting to be rescued. You see, Page was working in a yard in Norfolk, England, When he dug up this cylinder, what appeared to be an unexploded World War II bomb. And after picking it up, Page feared that if he let it go, the device would detonate. And eventually he managed to get his cell phone out of his pocket and call an emergency number. He sobbed as he gave the operator a final message for his family in case the worst happened. When the operator told him, it's going to be okay. Page replied, you're not the one holding the bomb. (laughs) Eventually, the bomb disposal experts arrived, and they identified the cylinder as part of a hydraulic suspension system of an old car. (laughs) Not all of our fears are unfounded, but some are. But when we find ourselves clutching those fears, whatever they are, stuck, then we've forgotten that the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. Through his resurrection, Jesus sets us free. 
Now, my dad was a pastor, some of you know. When he preached on September 12, 2004, he didn't realize it would be the last sermon he would ever give. The next day, they discovered that the cancer had spread in his body and he needed surgery immediately. So he had to abruptly resign. And my dad wrote a letter to his church that week. And the very last line of that letter reads this. We rest confidently in our all-sufficient Lord. My dad went to be with Jesus a few months later, but he faced death without fear. Today, we have the great privilege to celebrate that Jesus is alive. And because he lives, all fear is gone. And so I invite you to stand with me and affirm this truth in song here in a moment. Because it is true that life is like facing tigers in the dark. But the resurrection changes everything. My Jesus took the sting of death. And when you're in him, you have nothing to fear. For if the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. So let's declare that together, that in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. Thanks be to God.